Scott, have you seen Footlight Parade? Footlight Parade? I have not. When was that made? That was made in 1933. And uh, is this a, a suspenseful movie? Is this a comedy? Is this a musical? Uh, no, yes, and yes. It is a comedy and a musical. Not much suspense. But it is a, uh, it's most famous as being a, a movie that um, was partially directed by Busby Berkeley. Busby Berkeley was this amazing choreographer who was really the first to uh, turn uh, musicals into movies, you know, that, that were like film. He did this amazing cinematography and choreography of dance sequences. And he was really renowned for having the aerial footage of having cameras suspended over the uh, uh, dancers. That's right. That's right. When, when sound came to movies, right, in the late 20s, when a natural was, well, what should we do with this sound? We don't, they didn't know how to make movies with sound yet. So they thought, well, we'll do music, right? We'll do musicals. And mostly they just set the camera up like you were sitting in the middle of the audience at a Broadway musical and shot them very uncreatively. And Berkeley was really the first to say, yeah, let's put the camera straight overhead, the dancers underneath, shooting through a clear floor, uh, lots of editing and... Um, and then just crazy, amazing choreography and visuals. So other than that, what, what was significant about this film? The reason I asked had you seen it is because it stars James Cagney. And, you know, for people that know old movies, they always think, oh, James Cagney, Jimmy Cagney, he was the gangster, right? He was in all these Warner Brothers gangster films. And He's the guy that squashes the grapefruit in, the, in his uh, girlfriend's face right, at breakfast. Right, right. famous scene. And uh, he played those kind of roles a lot. But it turned out that... James Cagney was this like five tool player to use the baseball analogy, right? You know, five tool player can do everything, right? Hit, run, et cetera. And, um, and it turned out Cagney, besides being able to do the drama of gangster movies, was also funny. He did a lot of comedies in the early 30s. People knew that. Then in this I movie, didn't know that. I didn't know that he did comedies. I know that he was a song and dance man. Yeah, he did a number of comedies. He was always a little bit funny. You know, <laughs> and uh, but then he was a song and dance man, too, which became people knew that once the 1940s rolled around and he won his his Oscar for Yankee Doodle Dandy, where he sang and danced. But uh, and maybe they sort of forgot about Footlight Parade. Um, but yeah, he's amazing. And then but but even more than that, besides that, it's this one of these movies that revolutionized movie musicals and turned them in a direction that was amazing. So this and is one of the first significant ones. It is. Well, the, the few by Berkeley, the, Berkeley did a few, you know, um, that were like that. And um, this is the only one that has Cagney. But also uh, several of those, including this one, are pre-code films. So they're crazy to watch, too, because they do all these things that weren't allowed in movies after 1934. Not exactly nudity, but, you know, showing a lot more skin than they could before, language, um, and there's a lot of other things. People that get away with stuff that they're supposed to be punished for later on. So it's just entertaining in that way. There is a Santa Claus. 25 G's are made out to you. Endorsed to Chester Kent. Take it and ask no questions. There's something phony here. How'd you get it? Blackmail. Come on, spill it. I played a pair of deuces like four aces and they paid. I'm Scott Vanderwerf and this is David Hast and this is our new segment called Have You Seen? And we're going to talk about movies from the past. Uh, each Friday we usually feature uh, Eric Kuyper from Studio C and we talk about the brand new movies that are hitting the screen. But David and I are going to talk about films as early as the uh, silent era through maybe the 90s or even the last 15 or 20 years. And 
David, tell us about yourself. You are a former high school teacher. You're now retired, but you were also part of the film industry as well as both a filmmaker and as a projectionist. Yeah, yeah. I worked in uh, I worked as a movie projectionist right out of college um, in California. So I was in I was kind of in the industry. Got to work when I lived in a small town along the coast, and then when when Hollywood productions would come to town, they'd come to the projectionist union to get extra grips and things like that. So I got to got, sort of got the movie bug because I got to wa- work on a couple of Hollywood films. And um, then I did go to film school and sort of worked in that industry, you know, not in not in uh, narrative feature films, but worked in, in like the corporate video industry and um, that kind of thing um, after film school and uh, until I changed my mind and became a teacher. And then I got to teach some film too. So, And you did, you taught uh, high school and junior high school students about films. And, and what were some of the films that you used and, and what was the reaction from the students? It was fun. If I would mention an old film, I mean, they would think, oh yeah, anything from about 2005 back, that's an old movie, you know? And I was like, no, I'm going to show you a movie from 1914 or 1937. And they were like, oh no, is it black and white? And you know, so I, I showed them movies from the whole history of film, and some really struck out, and they didn't get into them. I showed them Citizen Kane, which all the critics say is the greatest movie ever made. Just didn't go over with them very well. But then some old movies they really, really like. Why teach classic Hollywood films to students? And, of course, that would that maybe dovetail into the question, why should we on the radio talk about old movies? Yeah, I mean... There's so much good stuff now, right? We're in this kind of golden age of series television and uh, not, not just American shows, shows made from all over the world, places we never saw shows from before. And But, you know, it's like it's also cool to think about how we got here, right? You understand your history and you understand a lot of the stuff that's going on. Certainly the filmmakers do. They're constantly making references to old movies and and that sort of thing. And and there's a certain kind of movie that that um, that doesn't really exist anymore, and it's interesting to to make connections to that. I mean, all the movie genres that we that we know now, right, really go back to the beginning of film: drama, comedy, romance, musicals, westerns, crime stories, science fiction, horror. All those genres have existed for a hundred years, and the fact that we certainly there's a deeper level of realism sometimes now because they couldn't show certain things because of moral you know restrictions in in an earlier age that they can be more realistic now and also and maybe in some ways less realistic because we can go over the top with amazing special effects and all that but that still doesn't change the fact that the basic stories and the basic kind of genre has been around for a hundred years and we also have to look, you know, we want to look at those movies with our eyes open. I'm not idealizing them. It's just, it's cool to see where they, how we got here and what are some good things from the past. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge there's some pretty terrible stuff in old movies. They're pretty sexist and racist, and you need to talk about that too. And I remember you telling me that sometimes that, that they would have a reaction like they don't make them like this anymore, and they meant that in a positive way towards the past. They did. It's funny because you think, well, kids now are going to want the newest thing and they're going to want everything, you know, fast. And like movies now, right? They're faster. They're more explicit. They're more realistic in many ways. And um, but they sometimes liked. I mean, I'm I'm thinking, okay, not too old of a movie, but a movie like Say Anything. 
1990, which is the movie that made John Cusack a star. The One of the famous movies where he's playing the Genesis song on the boombox over his head, you know, for the girl he's in love with. But they liked it because they're like, yeah, it doesn't just show everything, and it's not all, like, crude, and it's just sweeter, and kids like that. And what were some of the films that were actually made in the 30s or the 40s that they responded to in a positive way? Uh... They loved Casablanca, of course. Everybody loves Casablanca. Um, they loved, uh, oh, a movie like It Happened One Night um, with Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert, which is 1934. I even, you know, I showed them the history. I gave them a thumbnail sketch of the history of film. So they saw, I showed them, to deal with the silent era, I went with what I thought would work, which would be like Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. And so a lot of kids didn't like it, but most of them did. Uh, especially if you give some context. So we're going to be talking about uh, romantic and screwball comedies. We'll also be talking about some of the forgotten great actors, uh, the uh, film noir and neo-noir films, and many others in the weeks to come. And, uh, and also, of course, science fiction. And also we'll be focusing on pre-code movies more as well. So this is Have You Seen with Scott Vanderwerf and David Hass. Thanks for joining us, David. Thank you. Thank you.